So now the nine, the nine is the, the, the peacemaker, couldn't be more different from the eight if they tried. The eight is, is loud. The eight shares their opinion, is a little aggressive with their opinion. The nine is like, you're loud. I'm going away now. So, so what happens if you're in, in a marriage or a friendship or, or have a coworker relationship with an eight and a nine? The eight has no problem at all sharing their opinion and the nine doesn't share theirs. The nine's like, I'm, I'm not going to tell you where I want to eat today because you don't actually care. I'm just going to sit here and be bitter and save it for later. I'll wait until I like I'm I'm 40 or 50 and and I'll then I'll just explode inside. So if you're raising a child who is an 8 and and you you, you never have to ask them what they think or feel or what they want, they're always going to let you know, but but with a 9, okay, so t- so tell me what you want. Tell me what you want. Tell tell me where you want to go. You know what an 8 will do? The eight will tell you where the nine kid wants to go on their birthday. So if if eights are aggressive, nines are passive aggressive. They'll say yes, but they mean no. They'll avoid conflict and they run from it. Now here's the ironic thing in this. If you're a nine, you you know who's best at solving conflict. You are. Because you you see all sides of everything always. But we're never going to know your side if you don't share it with us. Well, the eight, the challenger is aggressive. And the nine, the peacemaker, is passive aggressive. And the one, the reformer, is regressive. Ones think that anger is a sin. It's not good. It's not right. And so they act like, like, like it's not there. The one is regressive and they try to use conflict to get it right in their lives. I mean, if you, if, if you just did the right thing, if you just did the right thing, we would never have to fight. And so a one creates conflict for you to get it right. Look, ones, they mean well, and they want, they want the world to be a better place. They're, they're a reformer, and so they want things to be better. So if, if you're fighting with this person at work and, and, and can't help but all, they can't help but always point out all the things that can be better, get ready for it. The, the, the problem, though, is because they are so unaware of the level of their anger, everything just is going to feel like criticism to you. Everything. And, and here's the thing, when you fight with a one, you better be super careful what you say and what you do because they can't, they can't see any of the rules that they're breaking, but they can see every rule that you are. So you can, you can start off fighting about one thing and in the end of a fight with a one, they now have 10 things they need to talk to you about because you have committed fouls and you have broken laws and they need to turn you in now. They're, they're regressive. 
and they use conflict to get it right. Why would you do that? So the eight is unaware of how their anger is coming out. The nine is asleep to their anger. And the one is morally opposed to their anger, and so they try to squash it, and it comes out sideways. And they say things like, why would you do that? Who would do a thing like that? Sinners would. Next, we have the heart triad, right? And, we're, and we, the heart triad, I'm a part of the heart triad. We, the heart triad, we're, we are terrified of the instinctual triad. Like, they are scary with all that anger. We don't want anything to do with it. The one hurts our feelings. The nine runs away from our feelings. And the eight just crushes our feelings. The heart triad are the, are the twos, the threes, and the fours. And they process conflict through their feelings. And they're, they're completely unaware of their emotional struggle with shame. And so they project it on others. So if you're in the instinctual triad, you're, you're not aware of your anger. If, you, if you're in the heart triad, you're not aware of your shame. We're not aware of our shame. We're embarrassed. We're embarrassed. And, and, here's, and here's what we need to know. When we're fighting with someone, oftentimes what we are accusing someone else of is actually what we we feel inside ourselves, what we feel toward ourselves, but just aren't aware of. The twos, the threes, the fours can project their feelings of insecurity on the other person. The two, the helper, already knows what you should do and has told you what you should do. So when you're in conflict with a two, all you have to do is listen to the two. And and the fight would be over so much faster because they already know your needs better than you know them yourself. Which, which here's the amazing thing. Oftentimes they're right about what you need and, and sometimes they're wrong. So when you fight with a two, a, a two lives vicariously through, through helping you. You see, the two is, is ashamed of, of who they are at the core. Shame is at the core. And so they try to make up for it by doing all of the things. So when, when you point out something wrong, what you're doing is pointing out their, their very worst fear. When you're in relationship with a two and you point out one thing they've done wrong, they've got a hundred things in their mind that they have done right and that you never thanked them for. If your parent is a two, for instance, and you want to talk to your mom and dad about something that they did, some way they left a scar on your life when you were a child, you, you should know that while you're confronting them about something that happened in seventh grade, all they're thinking about as a two are the hundreds of things they did for you and you never said thanks for. So if you're wondering why they haven't been listening to you, that's why. When you fight with a two, you've got to, you've got to thank them for what they do right. 
so that you can talk about the one thing that they did wrong. And then we've got the three, the achiever. That's me. wonder if that's you. And, and, the, and the three is like the two. They're very similar. They're very, very similar. They're both very terrified of what they have done wrong in life. And, and while the two focuses on all the good things to get rid of the shame, right? They focus on all the good things by helping. The three focuses on all the good things by achieving. Don't, don't look here, look there. Look at what I did there. Look at all that I have done. Look at all that I've been able to accomplish. Don't look here, look there. So I'm gonna be successful. I'm gonna be known, I'm gonna be famous, I'm gonna be wealthy, I'm going to look good. Look, look, look here, but, but, but don't look in there. And so when you fight with a three, all they care about is succeeding at that fight, at winning at that fight. But, but the way they care about it, it, what they care about most, what they worry about most is, is not the title of winning, but the appearance of it. And so if you're, you're on a date and you're fighting with a three on that date, and the date has just gone, it's been a bust, it's gone totally awry, all they want to make sure of is that you still got that fake Instagram photo with them to keep up appearances to their community. So that everyone thinks that you had a great night on the date. When you're fighting with a three, their biggest fear is that you'll see through their camouflage. Threes don't want you to see that something is wrong in them. So when you criticize or, or fight with a three, instead of saying, you messed up, that was awful of you, say something like this. Advice from a three to you. Say something like this. You know, I think our date would improve, our date nights would improve if, or I, I think this, this project might have been more successful if, I, I think we might have more money if, you've got to learn how to communicate with a three because often when you, when you get real with us, we run from it. When we're unhealthy, we run from it because, because we're on, we're so ashamed. The two and the three are already ashamed of, of who they are on, on the inside. And so the two tries to help you, tries to help you, tries to do all the things so that you don't see the shame. And the three tries to be successful so that you don't see the shame. Here's the weird thing, though. The four could not be more different from the two and the three. So the two and the three have a hard time seeing what's wrong in their life. Look at all the things that I'm doing to help you. Look at all the ways I'm nice or look at all the ways I succeed. They have a hard, they have a hard time seeing what's wrong or acknowledging what's wrong in their life. The four has a hard time seeing what's right. Goodness, if you, if you want to get real about how life sucks, call up a friend who is a four. They love it. 
They love to wallow in the darkness and process the darkness. They love to just sit in, in the darkness. The four, the individualist, enjoys the drama of conflict and needs that emotional outlet. They love it. Let, let's just get dark together. The problem is not getting the four to see what's wrong with their life. The problem with the four is getting them to see what is actually right with their life. And so when you, when you fight with a four, you have, to, you have to listen to their feelings, but you have to lovingly point out facts to them. So the four might say something like, nobody loves me. You don't say, that's ridiculous, that's stupid, because they already feel ridiculous. They already feel stupid. You say, I love you. Nobody cares about me. I care for you. I'm here. And let me tell you, when you are in conflict with a four, hold on. Like, hold on to your seats. Buckle yourself in. Any, anybody ever go on, on a roller coaster ride that sounded like a really good idea before it actually started? That's what it's like fighting with a four. You're fairly confident in the end, it's all going to be okay, and you're going to land back on the ground again. But in the middle, somewhere, you're definitely upside down and in the dark, and you're pretty sure you're going to die. And then you get to the end of a fight with a four, and you think it was horrible. Like, it was the most terrible experience you've ever been through. And she thought it was the most amazing moment you all had have ever had together. You went deeper than you've ever gone. They love to sit in the darkness. And then finally, we get to the, the head triad, right? And they're, they're just looking at all of us. That instinctual triad, y'all are animals. That heart triad, you're just way too over-emotional. If y'all would just would think about it, if you'd think about it, you'd join us and the world, and the world would be a better place if you just think about things. So, so when you fight with someone in the head triad, think about this. Um, they, they process conflict through thinking and they believe that they are rational and that everyone else is not rational. But fear and anxiety are actually the driver of the fives, the six, and the sevens. So if you're in the head triad, if you're a five, a six, and a seven, know this. Medical research shows that it is absolutely impossible to think about anything without emotion being involved in it. Emotion is always involved, friends. But if you're in, in the head triad, you're just unaware of your emotion. So the core struggle for the instinctual triad is anger. The core struggle for the heart triad is, is shame. And, and the core struggle for the head triad is fear and anxiety. One of the reasons we're losing the battle against fear and anxiety in our culture is because we think it's this emotional problem when it's actually, it's a, actually a problem with our thinking. It's, it's not lodged in your heart, it's in your mind. Your mind is trying to make sense of a world that does not make sense around you. You can't make sense of this stuff. You can't make sense of what happened this week at the Capitol. And so what do you do when you're in conflict with a five? Know this, they, they need space and they need time to process their thoughts. 
Have you, have you ever fought with someone and you'll be yelling at them and they just go stoic on you? They, they might be a five, probably are. And we take that as they don't care. They obviously don't care, but in actuality, they're trying to figure out if they are safe because they have an overload of anxiety in their mind at that moment as they're trying to make sense of your emotion. You see, the worst thing you can tell a five is you don't have feelings because they might need to take it like a year to think about that. Just because they're not crying does not mean they're not, that you haven't hurt them. Here's a good way to fight with a five. Send an email. Say, hey, on Tuesday, 7 p.m., for like 45 minutes, I would like to discuss the following issues, and I have emailed them to you in advance so that you can have time to think about them. You send that to me, I'm calling you, I'm coming over, busting into your house, mask and all. <laughs> I cannot wait until Tuesday at 7 p.m. to fight with you. Like, we are doing it right now. What, what can I do to succeed at this relationship? Please tell me. <laughs> like, so I don't feel ashamed anymore, right? But a five, it works for them. The five would appreciate that email. You know how the, the problem with text and email is that it doesn't always communicate emotion? That's, that's a safety net for a five. And they need to know that at some point in the fighting, it's all going to be over. The fighting is going to be done at some point because the five's core fear is that they don't have enough emotional energy. They don't have enough time. They don't have enough resources to, to, to give away to your emotional freakout session, heart triad, or your instinctual gripe session. So we've got the five, and everything's internal. Everything is in their head, right? And then we've got the six, the loyalist or the, or the observer, and they're watching us right now. I know, I know you can't see them watching us. They're online, but, but they are. The six, the loyalists, these are, these are our best friends. They're, they're loyal and they're true, and they stick with us no matter what. Because, because as bad as you are, being alone is scarier. When you, when you fight with a six, when you have conflict with a six, just know this, they are sure this is the end. They're thinking, I knew this day would come. I knew it. It's, it's, it's absolutely the end. Here, here's what you do when you have conflict with a six. You say, sixes, I love you. And I'm not going anywhere. I promise. I'm, I'm in this till the end. This may not be you, but, but, but you see, some of our sixes, they grew up in homes where every fight ended up with mom and dad threatening to divorce or mom and dad actually separating in the end. And sixes have this tendency to be terrified of the inevitable, that, that, that you are going to, to leave them and you're going to move on. You're going to invest more and in, in, uh, that they're going to invest more and in your friendship and relationship than, than, that you, than you are willing to invest in them. And so the five is afraid of, of not having enough emotional energy or time or resources. The six is just afraid of, of everything. What a, what a six hears 
when there's a, a slight possibility of, of turbulence in a relationship is, is we're going down. I knew, I knew it, I knew it. <laughs> I knew this wouldn't last. When you fight with a six, they're hearing what, what they're afraid you're saying. Not what you're actually saying, but what they're afraid you're saying. And then finally, we have the seven. Anyone a seven? Woohoo! Most of the sevens aren't actually watching live right now. They'll they'll be watching on demand later because because they well let's let's be honest they stayed up way too late last night having fun. The sevens I love sevens. They bring joy. They bring life. They they make life better. Like if if you you invite a bunch of fives to a party, the fives are in the corner trying to figure out if they actually want to be there. But the sevens, they're in the middle of the party. The sevens, the enthusiasts, they they don't want to fight with you. You know why? Because they they've got better things to do. They they do. They legit have better things to do. So if if your good friends a seven and you continually bring up over and over again all that they do wrong, you know, you know what they're going to do? They're going to they're gonna go get a new friend. They're going to move on. If you're married to a seven and you're an unhealthy one who feels like it's your whole job to be the seven's referee through life, they're going to get a new spouse. So here's what, here's what you have to do with a seven. A seven is is afraid of being trapped. Most sevens struggle with, with claustrophobia, actually. And, and conflict makes them feel trapped. So, so you've got to let them know. you got to let the sevens know, hey, just like the five, I want to talk to you for about an hour on Tuesday, but then I promise it's going to be over and we're going to get ice cream afterwards. It's going to suck for a little bit, sevens. It's going to suck, but then we're going to we're going to have a good time afterwards. So let's get back to scripture, friends. When conflict happens, it doesn't matter what number you are, whether you are in the instinctual triad or the heart triad or the head triad, don't use your number as an excuse. Don't say, "Well, I'm a 7. You knew I would run anyways." I'm a nine, you knew I would avoid it all anyways. I'm an eight, you act like I have any control over my anger. Don't do it. Because at the end of the day, what's important isn't the number that you are, but, but whether you're willing to, to submit to the Spirit of God leading you and stretching you in Jesus, right? That's what's important at the end of the day. Scripture says that that when conflict happens, don't, don't let anger get the best of you. The Bible says don't sin by letting anger control you. So if you're a nine and you're asleep to your anger, acting like it's, it's not there is, is simply giving the anger permission to fester in you and in your relationships and destroy them. Don't let the sun go down upon your anger, scripture says. Should I be angry about this? 
Ask yourself that. Should I be angry about this or am I just reacting? Some of us are more sensitive to other sins than we, than we are to our own. And so you must ask yourself, should I, should I get over this? And the answer is yes, yes, you should get over this. Some of us need to invite Jesus into our conflict so we can honor the person we're upset with in the process of our conflict. When when, when you're upset with someone, when you're fighting with someone, remind yourself that this is my family. This is my friend. This is my spouse. This is my child. This is my boss. This is my employee. These are my fellow Christians, my fellow church members. Look, we live in a world where we tear each other down, where we cancel everyone and everything, where we, where we make public announcements of our defriending and on our, of our unfollowing on Facebook. But, but scripture says, take delight in honoring one another. You know that when that was written, it didn't mean honor only those who condemn what, what happened at the Capitol? You know that that didn't mean honor one another if they, they think like you and, and vote like you and, and are mad at the same things that you're mad at and post the same outrage that you post about. The words of scripture are, are never that easy. We want them to be. They're never that easy. Honor one another didn't mean honor what they say or or honor the lies that they digested, or, or honor the inherent belief system that led to the ignorance and hate that they're spewing, it, it meant exactly what it said. Honor one another. Honor the image of God in them that is also in you. Honor also the sinner in them that is also in you. Honor one another. You know, the purpose of conflict is not to tear people down, but to lift people up. That's what we have to remember. Finally, friends, Scripture says, it it, it advises us to be the first to understand and to apologize. Some of us never apologize. And the only reason I can think of why you would never apologize is that that you're not a sinner. But but Paul says anyone who claims or acts like they do not sin is a freaking liar and the truth of God is not in them. So if you're not apologizing to people, if people always seem to be apologizing to you, you've got some reckoning to do with yourself and with God. In fact, your unwillingness or willingness to apologize is the gauge in your number and in relationship with others if you are emotionally and relationally healthy. It is not healthy to walk around spouting, I only apologize if I've done something wrong. The Bible says be the first to apologize. Maybe what's keeping you from, from, from blessings, friends, maybe what's keeping you from peace, what's keeping you from, from comfort, what's keeping you from joy in your life is, is an apology to someone. 
Just apologize. Oh God, I want you to bless and restore my marriage. Apologize. Oh God, I want you to restore my friendship. Apologize. Oh God, I want, I want to have, have better relationship with my kids. Apologize to them. Do you know how you become a Christian? You know what's inherently, it's at the core of the, the, the Christian faith, apologizing. Apologizing to God. It's called repentance. And in, and in your willingness or unwillingness to apologize in your relationships is the sign of, of your, your relational and emotional health. And, and repentance in your relationship with God is the sign of the health of your relationship with God. Are you willing to repent? Maybe today God is inviting you into a posture of repentance. I don't know. But maybe God's doing that today. Maybe God is prodding you and poking at you today because there is someone you need to apologize to I wonder what God is doing in your heart and your mind today. Would you use this next song, friends, as, as a moment, as a time, as a prayer, a prayer before God? As you are reminded of the image of God in you and the, and the image of God in each other. Well, I've been afraid of changing because I feel my life around you but time uh...